Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. Our reading for this first midweek Advent service is found recorded in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, beginning at the 26th verse. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin pledged in marriage to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But she was greatly troubled by the statement and was wondering what kind of greeting this could be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, because you have found favor with God. Listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be? Since I am a virgin, the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One, to be born, will be called the Son of God. Listen, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, even though she was called barren, and this is her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible for God. Then Mary said, See, I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. The word of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded. It is from John chapter 8, verse 58. Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, here at Salem we have a very plain altar. Now I've seen altars in other churches that are very ornate, ornately decorated, maybe even special wood carving, and ours is actually quite simple. And I'm not saying this to complain about the altar in any way, but What's interesting is, having a very plain altar, the items that are actually in the front of the altar stand out. Nothing distracts from them. And the two symbols that we have in front is actually the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. You have the Alpha and the Omega. And why these words and why these letters are really so important is found, recorded in Jesus' own words, found in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. The Lord God Almighty said this, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, the one who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Now the living or the Alpha and the Omega 
If he's the first and the last, if he's the first letter in the alphabet or the last letter in the alphabet, then he's clearly emphasizing the fact that he is everything. And as soon as I hear that Jesus is everything, I can't help but think of the words in Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Literally, in the original languages, it says, I shall lack nothing. If the Lord is my shepherd, then I have everything. Everything I need comes from the Lord. And if I don't have it, clearly I don't need it, because I lack nothing, since the Lord is my shepherd. This is the Alpha and the Omega. This is the one who is the first and the last. And then he goes on to say, who is, or who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. These three phrases is what we're going to be considering as we prepare our hearts and minds for the celebration of Christmas this year. We're going to look at the fact that our Lord is the one who is and who was and who is coming. We begin with the one who was. What does Jesus mean by that? We find ourselves going back in time when Jesus has spent about a half a year up in Galilee. He's actually been staying away from Judea, the southern kingdom, and and really staying away from Jerusalem itself. Many of the Jews, and especially the Jewish leaders, have been out to destroy and get Jesus. But it was always Jesus' practice, and in keeping with God's holy word and law, that Jesus would always attend the festivals. And there were three major ones. And one of them was the festival of the tabernacles. He would, they were wondering if he was going to attend, because... He has been staying away for at least a half a year. But, and so they waited in the temple area to see if Jesus would show, and Jesus did not disappoint. He did appear. And once again, he started teaching in the temple courts, and they bombarded him with tons of questions. Jesus would emphasize to them that he is the Christ. He really is the Messiah, the one promised long ago. He is the Savior of the world. The word Christ is not just simply his last name. This was a title. He is the anointed one who came to carry out the offices of prophet, priest, and king for the salvation of souls. Then he would go on to emphasize that everything that he says comes from the Father. Because they would accuse him that he's coming up with some new teaching. But he would always say that he was not here to speak what he thought but always what his father commanded. Remember, the father and Jesus are one. Then he would even go on to tell them that if you really want to be my disciples, then you must know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And along with that, he also said this, Amen, amen, I tell you, if anyone holds on to my word, he will certainly never see death. Now, when the people are arguing with Jesus and they're losing the argument, what happened is oftentimes what happens today. Not only do people get mad, but they start to name call. And so they accuse Jesus of being a Samaritan 
and that he must not be really a Jew. And then they accused him that you must have a demon. And Jesus made it very clear that he does not have a demon. That's why he said, Amen, Amen, I tell you, if anyone holds on to my word, he will certainly never see death. They go to reply, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone holds on to my word, he will certainly never taste death. You are, you are not greater than our father Abraham, are you? He died, and the prophets died. Who do you think you are? And Jesus would reply, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, about whom you say he is our God. Yet you do not really know him, but I do know him. If I said I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I hold on to his word. Your father Abraham was glad that he would see my day. He saw it and rejoiced. They replied, you aren't even 50 years old, and you have seen Abraham, and now comes the words, Amen, amen, I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. Now he has been spending a considerable amount of time preaching and teaching in the temple courts. We know that they want to really put him to death, but there's been no threat against him yet. But as soon as he said these last words, that was like the last straw. They were picking up stones. They were ready to end him right there. We're told that Jesus actually hid himself and then quietly left the temple area. What was so alarming by these last words that would get them so bent out of shape that not only would they name call, but they wanted to see blood and death. Well, certainly the part of these words, amen, amen, I tell you, that in and of itself is very powerful. Amen is the old Hebrew word for truth. So he's telling them, I'm going to tell you the truth. But he says it twice, amen, amen. This is actually an old Hebrew expression. Because in the Hebrew language, they didn't have like an EST at the end of words to make it a superlative. They didn't have a word like greatest or a word like holiest or even truest. Instead, they would just simply double the word. And as soon as one sees that the word is doubled, then you know that you're talking about something that is the most truth. Now, the word truth in and of itself is a very beautiful word because the way Jesus always uses it, it means absolute truth. But now he says it twice. I tell you the most absolute truth. And if this is the absolute truth, the most absolute truth, and it is, to deny the most absolute truth makes you out to be a liar, but also a complete fool. And what is the statement that can never be denied? Before Abraham was born, I am. He brings up Abraham because they kept bringing up Abraham. When he said the words earlier that the truth will set you free, 
they were very angry when Jesus said, we're a slave of no one, for we are Abraham's descendants. And since they were Abraham's descendants, that meant that they were automatically people of God. They belonged to God. God chose them. God picked them as long as they could trace their ancestry back to Abraham. And that's what they actually believed. They believed salvation had to be theirs because they were descendants of Abraham. But Jesus makes it very clear when he condemns this kind of thinking, makes it very clear that what saves you is not that you're descendants of Abraham. Jesus at one time said he could even turn stones into children of Abraham. But what really makes people people of God, what really makes a person saved, is having the faith of Abraham. Remember, it was through faith that righteousness was credited to Abraham. So when Jesus says, your father Abraham was glad that he would see my day, he saw it and rejoiced. He was talking about the, his faith. He too was a sinner. He died. He was a saved sinner who needed a savior. And he looked forward with a believing heart to the promises of God and the savior to come. Abraham could rejoice because he knew that God would keep his promise. That is the most absolute truth. Therefore, before Abraham was born, I am. He's making it known to them that I'm the one that Abraham was looking towards. I'm the one that Abraham was rejoicing in. But I am means more than that. The Jews knew what the term I am meant. It would take them back to the burning bush. They all knew the story, and they knew it well. How Moses was called by the Lord to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. And when Moses asked the Lord, who should I say is sending me? He replies, I am. I am who I am. You tell them, I am is sending you? See, the Greeks, when they, or the New Testament writers, when they translated the Old Testament into Greek, they translated the word I am with the word Lord. And that's why we see the word Lord in the Old Testament. To know if it's really this four-letter word, which means I am, then you'll see it in all four capital letters in the Old Testament. This is the great I am. This is the one who led the people of Israel out of Egypt. This is the one who rescued them from the land of slavery and brought them to the promised land of Canaan. This is the one that Abraham would believe with believing hearts who would rescue him from the slavery of sin and bring him to the promised land of heaven itself. When Jesus announces that I am, he is the son of God. He was before Moses. He was before Abraham. He was before Adam and Eve. He was before the creation of the world. He is the son of God. This is why they grabbed up stones, because this is blasphemy. They couldn't let Jesus live anymore. This was enough. But it was the most absolute truth. 
Jesus is the Son of God who took on human flesh, conceived by the Holy Spirit, and born of the Virgin Mary. This is our Lord and Savior. And it was the same Lord and Savior for Abraham and for all the Old Testament believers. When you see Jesus as just a man, you really discredit who Jesus really is. When you treat Jesus like the word Son of God doesn't mean that he's the second person of the Holy Trinity, when you really deny that and just say that, well, he's the Son of God like we're all children of God, you, you really belittle and really mock and blaspheme the most accurate and absolute truth. Jesus isn't just a man. If he was just a man, then what are we really celebrating at Christmas time? The birth of just a man? The birth of just a, a human child? Well, I wonder why people would mock and make fun of anyone who would even begin to think that. And if, and if they think that's what Christians are believing, well, then it's not a surprise that people are upset and say, you guys with your Merry Christmas, it's just a child, it's just a human being. Then what does Christmas actually become? Do you guys actually get caught up in watching some of these Christmas stories? I actually kind of do at times. I just watched one the other day, brand new one. Really kind of dumb, but silly in its own way. But during the movie, it was asked to the father, what does Christmas mean for you? And he replied, love and family. And I hear that theme over and over again. Well, Christmas is about love and family and getting along and getting together with family and being kind and and, and generous towards each other. Well, if that's what Christmas is all about, well, then I say Christmas is a complete joke because shouldn't we be doing that year-round? We don't set aside Christmas for the sake of love and family. You ought to love your family constantly year-round. We don't need a festival to do that or even to remind us of it. Christmas isn't about simply love and family, and I'm not against love and family. Christmas is about Jesus Christ, the I Am, the Son of God. And knowing that he is the Son of God, then we celebrate God keeping his promise, who came to take our place, who came to pay for our sins on the cross, who came to win for us not only the forgiveness of sins, but the victory of eternal salvation. This is what we celebrate at Christmas time. Oh, the lights, the trees, the baking, the gifts, the wrapping. Oh, going to this festival, hearing that concert, all has their place and can all be wonderful. But don't lose sight of the fact that that's not really what Christmas is all about. It's about Jesus Christ. 
And because of Jesus Christ, because he is the one who was, and therefore the Son of God, I can say with a believing heart and with complete confidence, Merry Christmas. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemev l-u-t-h-e-r-a-n dot o-r-g. May God bless you today and every day.